Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, this is Tony Cotty, and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. You are listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh, and my pal, James Jones. West Ham United are through to the fifth round of the FA Cup with a convincing 2-0 win at Derby County on Monday night. I was there. So were 4,800 other West Ham United fans belting out all the old classics from their way end. Brilliant atmosphere. Brilliant win. Really, first time I've actually enjoyed, looked forward to, and then subsequently enjoyed a West Ham game for many a month. So that was brilliant. But it was, of course, dampened by the fact that A, the FA Cup draw was done before the fixture, so you know who you're going to get, and B, of course, for the fifth time in seven years, West Ham United were drawn away against Manchester United in a domestic cup competition. I'm not even joking. It's flipping boring. However, we're through. As someone wheeled out one of the age-old cliches to me when I was moaning about it in the ground beforehand, well, you've got to beat all the good teams to get to win the cup. It's like, yeah, but we probably won't win the cup. So what I'd like to do is get some crap teams and then at least get Man United in a semi-final maybe so you've actually done well in the FA Cup rather than crashing out in the preliminary rounds at Old Trafford once again. Boring, boring, boring. James Jones, I'm delighted you're here with me because I no doubt you'll be able to help me see the positive side of things. We switched roles a bit in the past couple of weeks, haven't we, on a few occasions. You've sort of been the, the downbeat. Um, miserable, pessimistic one as far as West Ham are concerned. And, it, and it's, you know, the pressure's been on me to lift you up. And I'll be quite honest, mate, it's hard. It's really, really difficult. I don't enjoy <laughs> being the James Jones of the partnership. Uh, I much prefer being the, the, the miserable, grumpy one. So, uh, yeah, I hope we can revert to our original OG roles today. And you can tell me why it's not so bad supporting West Ham after all. 
Uh, I mean, I, I don't. Can I don't. Be buoyed by all of our transfers, or oh, I mean, I'm. I'm I don't think you'll get a great deal of um, talk about. Uh, there's light at the end of the tunnel from me today. Yeah, we've, we've only lost one in our last four. Um, yeah, was it th- three clean sheets in four games? Yeah. Um, we're out, not in the bottom three. We're into the yeah, fifth round. We better already. I mean, you reel off all of these like positives. I mean, I, I about two months ago, if you'd have said to me two months ago, at the beginning of a podcast, at the beginning of February, you're going to talk about us only losing one in four, three clean sheets in four. We're into the fifth round of the FA Cup. I'd have gone absolutely no chance, mate. Absolutely, we'd, we'd already be relegated by February. Like. So there's a positive. Like it's a little bit of progress. It's, it's, it's quite nice. It's quite nice watching us play a game of football, particularly on Monday night, and kind of not feel threatened by anything. It was just quite. Oh, this is relatively straightforward, which is surprising given Derby had what, 19 games unbeaten going into that, and it was like the the perfect banana skin for us. And normally, in years gone by, we we would lose that game quite comfortably. But for some reason, to be fair, two months ago we lose that game quite comfortably. So for some reason yeah, three we three weeks ago. Yeah. So for some reason we didn't, um, which is nice, it's pleasing. But um having watched Newcastle against Southampton on Tuesday night, um, I, I immediately got brought back down to earth and just gone, ah yeah, this Saturday afternoon's just gonna be a complete hustle write off, isn't it? Oh, like, they they just look very like just unreasonably good for a, a team of very average footballers. <laughs> for a like, team called Newcastle, yeah. Yeah, it's just like, you look at their squad, you're like, Sean Longstaff in the middle looking like, God knows who. Prime like, Frank Lampard, yeah, yeah. 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 What's going <laughs> on Ghosted here? into the box, banging him in, like, yeah, yeah. Like Alan St. Maximan, like, like, yeah, he's quite good, but at the same time, he, like, he, he's like Antonio. Sometimes he doesn't even look like he's in control of the ball, but somehow ends up being quite good. And I'm going, oh, Saturday afternoon is just going to be pretty much a nightmare, isn't it? So I was positive Monday night, Tuesday night, um, dreading the weekend, which is not often a thing for me. I, I usually look forward to weekends, but not this one. God, blimey. You know what, James? I know I said then that we can uh, revert back to our OG roles, but let's not, because I've had a really good few days. I made my Sky Sports News debut uh, on God, Monday God. morning. Yeah, I gave that you that. Pretty good. I? I you did. That. You handed that to me on a plate. Yeah, because you were busy. That was superb. Um, really liked smashing it at work over the weekend. Big back page story I had as well. Uh, scored my first goal for Pearlie St. Germain on Sunday. How many appearances? Is it, is it one in 200 appearances or is it? Yeah, to be. No, 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 no. To be fair, I only started playing for them this season. I would say okay. that's probably. I've, I've probably played eight games, uh, but that's the first one I've played up front. Because I came into the team, new to the team, told them I could play up front. And our striker's already pretty good. So I've been playing a mixture of centre-back and centre-mid since. Because, um, okay. yeah, but like the ultimate uh, chameleon, very similar to Mikhail Antonio. Only... Up front then. Yeah. No, I was going to say, I was very similar to Mikhail Antonio, or at least I was until the goal that I scored at the weekend was from outside the box. And that oh was where God. the similarities ended. Yeah. yeah. Um, but listen, as we mentioned to you last week, uh, we struck up uh, a partnership um, for the foreseeable future with the guys over at West Ham Network. They've got a YouTube, a uh, thriving YouTube channel indeed. Most of you or some of you will already know uh, DJ Russie B, as his name is on Twitter, Stadium DJ at London Stadium and a big part of the West Ham Network 
a YouTube channel. We've struck up a partnership with them. And uh, this morning, I'm delighted to say that joining us just to have a chat through this first period about the transfer window, uh, which will try and make it longer than the four seconds it really needs, uh, is Russ. Russ, how's it going, mate? Good to see yeah, you. Yeah, just about recovered. We did a, we did a bloody like three-hour live stream and it's like what do you talk about it's like we were more interested about matt jarvis's gym workout than we were who we we're going to be signing which was just about epitomized what happened but yeah i'm i'm well i've recovered i've, I've decompressed i'm okay now yeah, exactly mate exactly well look i mean we did we did get two two players in during the window danny ings and Yao, as james jones so succinctly put it uh this morning Yao, a player who will certainly never play uh, for the first team, but Danny you know Ings, that, uh, genuinely pretty excited about that. Yeah, yeah, I'm. Yeah, Danny was like, I think Danny Ings is, is the perfect January transfer window signing. I think if we'd signed him in the summer, a lot of people would go, "Oh, Danny Ings," and then it was like until we started scoring goals. But you know, you want someone to come in and score goals, someone to hit the ground running in January, and and he was it, and literally hit the ground running and tripped over and injured himself. Um, <laughs> so West Ham, isn't it? And that's the thing, people laugh, but it is so West Ham, isn't it? Someone you buy someone who hasn't got injured for eighteen months, it took him twenty seconds to get injured at West Ham. But Louise Al, I, I was thinking about it today because I was I was put, doing a little sort of opinion piece, and you know, for, for me, we talk about. I, mean, I heard you guys just before saying, you know, was it Dawes going and not getting a replacement in? Um, you know, and and sort of looking at the kids and Longello and people like Ashby and in terms of their pathway into the first team, Louise Al, I mean, he's, he's made a, he's played a hell of a lot of games with Sao Paulo, you know, and I know it's, I know it's the Brazilian league, but still he's playing big games and, you know, 20 years old. I think his pathway into the, into the first team is, is arguably less or more, simpler than maybe an say for example, you know, for, and it was quite interesting looking at the players we've got rid of recently, all of them, uh, what I call traditional academy players, you know, Longello has been there since he was 10. I think Ashby was the same. Elise is the same. Sonny Perkins, all like kids who have come up through the ranks from literally the youth team all the way up. And we do seem to be buying these players now at, maybe more of a developed stage and bringing them in. So like, you know, the likes of Marshall and, and Kelly, for example, from, from Linfield. Um, I think, I think it's, it's yeah. And, I, and we've got this sort of yin and yang, sort of this nostalgic view of the Academy and what we want it to be and what it is now. And I think it's not just West Ham, but it's endemic of the Premier League as a whole the, as well. I get what you're saying. Right? So the, the issue I have with that, not, it's, I don't have an issue with the deal, yeah. but, like he's come in and automatically like, the, the club have already said he's going straight into the development squad. Yeah. Like the way I see that is if, if he's any good, <laughs> then he goes straight into the first team and he trains yeah, with the first yeah, team yeah. every single day. Yeah. Um, don't care how old he is. Don't care how many games he's played for Sao Paulo. Like at the end of the day, if, if he's any good, the club go, no, he's wasted in development squad. We need him in the first yeah. team training, training yeah, with yeah, the boys. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, and we've done it in the past, like Tony Martinez and, you know, mm. a few other players that we've got in from, so you know, the Queen went to uh, where Rotherham yesterday, I think. Yeah, yeah. Jordan, Jordan Hugo and Covent Coventry getting the bad yeah, bit yeah, together. Yeah. It's like you know, we, we've done this before where we've gone overseas and brought, brought a young player in, but they've they've always gone straight to the development squad. Maybe made the bench for the odd FA, um, for the odd Premier League game, started a League Cup third round match against Macclesfield, <laughs> and then and then just never been seen again, and end up getting yeah. sold to Sunderland three years later. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like. Yeah. 
it's like, yeah, I mean, he's got a, you know, he's Brazilian, he's got a fancy Brazilian name. You can imagine he'd end up playing, you get under caps of Brazil one day and it'd be like, oh, what a great, great bit of business this is. But the reality is, for me, I don't think he's going to play for the first team. Yeah. All right. I mean, that's yeah. probably me just being really negative. No, you're probably really right. I mean, negative time, but no, it's funny enough. I've had a bad day, Russ. That's for sure. Yeah, well, I think we all are, to be honest. I think <laughs> I went back and looked at anyone who's, because um, you know, I love my stats. So you know, I mean, you know, I went back and looked at anyone who's made a first team appearance up back until, well, in terms of debut, back until I think Elliot Lee, and you look at who who has since gone, and you look at them, and it's like, okay, well. He's gone here. The only, I think there's literally That's two players. Yeah. I think there's two players who have played in the Premier League since leaving um, from the academy, mm-hmm. which is Grady, and then the East, then they went down. And I think Domingos Quina, and then Watford went down, and that's it. That is literally it. And we may, we may in three or four years' time, as you said, Mike, are we the one we missed out on maybe someone like Alese or, or you know, obviously Josh will be playing. Josh Cullen will be playing Premier League football next next year, hopefully. Um, but that's four or five years down the line, isn't it? We can't afford to have that development for a player four or five years down the line. And Russ, don't you think as well, because this is my point with the whole thing. I mean, I, I'm notoriously uh, sort of miserable when it comes to, to West Ham Twitter and it's not, not like yeah. a uh, thing I spend sort of too much time perusing through or taking too seriously, really. But I, I just find, you know, there's so much fury when yeah. Harrison Ashby goes, and I know that's what Twitter is for. Like, you know, you go on Twitter, you get fury. That's what works on Twitter. I get that. But I just think <clears throat> it's like the same old culprits as well. Yeah. And uh, I, I go on, it's like absolutely like people foaming at the mouth because Harrison Ashby's <laughs> leaving. Yeah. And, uh, and let's be honest, me and Jonesy, we, uh, we were at the Tottenham game in the League Cup, yeah. uh, imprisoned in the home end, and he played really well. We'd like, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, I like him. It was an accomplished uh, senior performance, right? Josh Cullen always looked okay, looked really, really okay whenever he played, never put a major foot wrong, didn't look completely and utterly out of his depth. But, you know, and like you said there, he'll hopefully be playing Premier League football next season, but at a fairly low-ish level, right? And Ashby, you you never know. He might might turn into an absolute world beater at Newcastle. Whatever, but ultimately, all those names you've reeled off there, the the actual percentages of players who make it at the Premier League clubs from Premier League academies, because it is literally the best league in the world now. There's so mm. much money in it; it's so much better than all the other major leagues, like considerably so, uh, in, as in strength in depth. I know, like you might Bayern Munich could give anyone a game and the top teams in each of the European leagues would, would give most Premier League sides a game. But as far as strength and depth goes, you've got players playing for Wolves, or for mm. example, who wouldn't get anywhere near a team who would come third in the Bundesliga typically because of the money. So with that, that creates an environment where to, to be a first-team Premier League player across most up and down most of the levels means you have to be better than you've ever had to be in the past, I think, um, i.e. to come from an academy and and break in. So the percentages, oh, you know, it's, it's, we're it's not my, going to get a, a Joe Cole, Frank Lampard, no. Rio Ferdinand, Jermaine Defoe, Glenn Johnson batch no, ever again right. once in a lifetime anyway. Mm. It's not going to happen again. So the fact we've got Declan kind of means and, we're super on and Ben Johnson as well, you know. Yeah, well, yeah exactly. And he's he's yeah. doing okay, isn't he? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that Ashby was considerably better than Ben Johnson. And I just think no. it's, it's, it, that's how it works. We've got two at the moment, or certainly one. The, the, the furor behind the Ashby um, exit was the the, the, the the fee that we got for him and the deal that it actually it's, it's was, wasn't it? It was three million deal, quid. Oh, give, but I, I think that what people are forgetting is there's a sell-on clause there. And if he does do well and ends oh. up being sold, then we, we do get a little yeah. bit more. We get more yeah. than the three million quid. We might end up making 10 million quid down the line if he ends up being pretty good. So, Even so mate, he's got six months left on his deal, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, yeah. you look at, I mean, I, again, I, I, there must have been some 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 crap on the telly, and I had a bit of spare time on my hands, so I went back and looked at this the Premier League this year, and looking at all the players who made who've played in the Premier League this year, across all the clubs, looking at people who are academy players, and actually when you look at players who have made at least five appearances this season in the Premier League, so that that to me is a is a decent squad player. In if you've made five appearances in the Premier, you're not it's not a, you're of the value, aren't yeah. You? You're not Embarma who's, who's who's made like a 10, 10 second cameo at the end. You've you've or, you know if you've made four or five of them cameos, you're you're in the mix. Literally every club apart from I think Fulham, I think Fulham got none. I think Brighton no um Brentford have got none, but they haven't got an academy. Most the average is two. Is mm. two per play to, to per club. The only exception is Chelsea, but that's because that was out of necessity rather than need yeah. because they needed to because Frank couldn't buy anyone, so he did play Conor Gallagher, and now they've got money to spend. They'd rather spend 130 million quid on, you know, Fern- um, what's his name, um, what is Enzo it? Fernandez, yeah, yeah, rather than Conor Gallagher, you know. So it's like it's that's going to even itself out. So you know, it is quite similar levels, and so you're right. I think we. The way I see it, and this is just my opinion, and I, you know, and I, people always criticise it, but it's almost like with West Ham players looking at the academy players, it's like in FIFA. If you're playing FIFA, you give them like a, like a attribute boost. So it's almost like you've given them a West Ham mm, attribute definitely. boost. So you think Connor, Connor Coventry, oh my god, you know, he's oh, he's got like alone again, you know, but he's not going to break into the first. He's not going to upset that midfield battle between Paqueta. If we signed a Connor Coventry from, like, I don't know, from Wren, and he was like a 19-year-old, and, and that's the performances we were getting, everyone would go, well, he's not all that. He's average, yeah. isn't he? And it's the yeah. same with all of them, I agree. But so, Jonesy, what, what sort of positivity-wise then, Ingsy, I know he got injured, and I, know, and I mean, I hate Russ. I'm, I'm Sorry, I don't hate you, Russ. I mean, I hate the... <laughs> it's uh... going to be clipped, isn't it? I hate Russ. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, uh, I, I hate... The, and I am just a bit of a curmudgeon, to be fair. I hate quite a lot of things, but I do, I do hate the old uh, classic West Ham sort of trope. Um, but even I found it difficult not to go, oh, bloody hell. Like, you know, I mean, literally 20 seconds in or whatever it was. Um, and But I, I think it's a really good signing. Uh, I think the, the Antonio stuff, that just... Seems weird. He played all right last night, but then uh, I think as Jonesy alluded to, I could have played all right. What, what do you make of um, our squad then, then Russ for the for the rest of the season? Like, is well, it? We, I mean, we put together like we were, as you said, we were like scrabbling around for things to talk about yesterday, and like you know, we got a few ex players on and stuff as usual. But literally at the end, we was like, look, okay, right, we've haven't, we haven't signed anyone. You know, we've got. You know, unlike all the other teams below us, apart from Everton, we've our squad's weaker than it was before we started in January. 
what's our first, what's, what's your, if everyone's fit, what's your first 11? You put a first 11 together, it's bloody impressive. You know, whether you play mm. a back three or a back four, you know, you've got, I mean, you've got the likes of Egedge, you know, you've got Skomaka, you've got Cornet, which I think is going to be like a new signing, really, and gives us a bit more balance on the left-hand side, um, you know, with letting Bowen on the right, you know. The unfortunate thing this season is, is we've had injuries, which every club has, but we always seem to have them. But we've had like three quarters of the squad have just like fallen off <clears> the <throat> face of the cliff in the form. Yeah, they really have. And it's like, actually, when you look at these guys on paper, not necessarily on the pitch at the moment, we, you know, it's we've got we've got enough there. And this is the likes of, as you said, the likes of Embarma, Ollie Skulls. You've got some boys in the, you do have some boys in the, um, the likes of, you know, Callum Marshall, you got Patrick Kelly, you got some good boys in the the 18s and 21s. If we needed to bring them in, I mean, you know, for example, we got rid of Randolph and put in and brought back Joseph Anang as sort of third choice, which is a bit random. Um, but and fair play, loads, it? yeah. it's, not, it's not a game, is he? No. To be honest, but I'm I'm you know I'm always a half glass full person. It pisses people off, but I always generally am, and we're not Everton. We're not Everton. And if you see the yeah. meltdown of West Ham because we, we sold a player, Everton's meltdown is, is incredible last night. Absolutely incredible on Twitter and stuff. So there's always someone worse jo- off. What are your thoughts then, Jonesy? Uh, Russ has uh, told us just then that he's a half glass full kind of man, which is a phrase I've never heard before. But uh, <laughs> yeah, what, what, what are your thoughts, Jonesy, for the rest of the season? Is it, he, it didn't really... It's almost like this transfer window has kind of gone under the radar a little bit because there was so much other anger at West Ham towards Moisey and, and the players and each other and, the, you know, the usual stuff. It was like, oh, sh- crap, we forgot to be angry about the transfers as well. <laughs> the last couple of episodes, though, we've, we've been talking about it, debating Moisey's future and whether we're going to stay up or go down. And exactly, we've, yeah. we've both been in agreement that absolutely no way we go down with his squad. You know, if we go down with this squad, it beats it beats the two thousand and three relegation, doesn't it? Like in terms of the quality we've got there. Um, like Russ is right. Like if you look at our strongest starting eleven, you're leaving. Even if you pick a strong starting eleven, you're probably leaving out one or two players that deserve to be in that, that starting eleven, that strongest starting eleven. So, like, I'm happy with the the quality in the squad. Could probably do it a little bit of depth in certain areas. Um, but we've had that problem forever, haven't we? I mean, we had it last season up front. Um, it's always going to be a problem where David Moyes is concerned because he doesn't really like spending money in the middle of a season when probably the best time to try and pad the squad out a little bit when you're going for something, whether that's survival or top four or whatever. Um, so I'm happy with it. I think Ings is a good signing. If, if you know when he's fit and if he can stay fit, then he gives us something that we've not really had before in terms of just natural a natural goal scorer, Premier League proven goal scorer. Not had that for years. You know, mm. we're always relying on, you know, a, a Halla or a Skamaka to come over and adapt quickly, or we're relying on um, Antonio, Antonio to, to not be a right back or a winger and actually I'll make you <clears> be a striker <throat> now and score all of our goals. And thankfully he's done all right at that at times. Um, so it's a good signing. Uh, it's just, as Russ said, it's just typical West Ham, isn't it? Just like you sign someone and he just gets injured. And I, I guarantee, and I know you don't like this, but it is typical West Ham because if he, if Danny Ings is a right back or a left back, he doesn't get injured. He stays fit. But because he's a striker and we desperately need a striker, he gets fit. Uh, he gets injured. Right. That's just the way it goes at the club. Um, but I'm happy. I'm happy with the squad. I'm not happy with the, the 
season so far, but I'm happy with the squad. Yeah. David Moyes has got to make them make play football now, which is a problem. This match is times. true. This match is true. Well, look, um, I think that's the... Uh, obviously, we waited until a little bit further in the week till deadline day was out the way. It seems quite laughable that now, James, isn't it? When we were texting saying, oh, we'll leave the podcast this week until uh, Wednesday just to let deadline day happen as if we were going to do any business. <laughs> we might as well have just done it the day after Derby game, like yeah, we said originally. But uh, we didn't we go. Exactly. Russ, uh, good to have you on. Just tell us a little bit then uh, before we let you go and move on with the rest of our show um, about the, the partnership that we've struck up, um, what you guys are up to over there and uh, how that link up's going to look like with, with us over the next sort of uh, period of time. Yeah, so as you said, we you know you guys have got a long, long, well-established uh, your podcast. We've got a long, well-established YouTube channel. It just made sense to, to uh, I, I think, I think Jonesy called it cross-pollination last week. So yeah, that's, it's that's a bit creepy. It that wasn't it? It does. It does seem <laughs> does seem like that really does. I didn't know what that involved. I was no, like, oh, I'm not sure if that's no. what I signed up for. To be honest, exactly. <laughs> so we get so we get the boys over on ours. We do lots of live shows uh, as well as records, and um, you know, similar to you guys, we obviously get a lot of ex players. Next week we should have. Uh, um, well, we should have former West Ham player Lauren Courtois. Do you oh Lauren my God, Courtois? legend! Always used to play with a, a wrist cast, didn't he? He did, he did, he did. Lauren Courtois. We should have. He's currently on. He's currently coach at uh, Columbus Crew, I believe. Um, he'll be hopefully coming on, and uh, we may get a friend of both channels. Might get um, Tony Carr back on to talk about youth team stuff. Um, that might be next week or the week after. But we have one every week and stuff. So uh, check it out. Obviously, we've got the stuff for the. Newcastle game coming up. We'll have a same as you guys, and have an op- opposition person coming and saying how happy they are because they've qualified. They're the final of a you know the Carroll Cup, and they've got Harrison Ashby, who apparently will be in the squad on Saturday. Apparently, because they've uh, oh Mangello Mangello had a, a training ground incident and has been injured, so Harrison Ashby will be on the bench probably on Saturday. So that'd be fun. But yeah, check us out, and obviously check both boys out, and we'll both will be uh, on each other's all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Nice one. Well, cheers for joining us uh, this morning, Russ. Don't forget, as usual, uh, you can follow us at we are underscore West Ham on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Search We Are West Ham Podcast. You'll get us on there as well. And then uh, Russ and the guys are over at West Ham Networks. So we have links to all of those in the description below. Don't forget, you can buy us a pint if you wish at buymeacoffee.com slash we are West Ham's head on over there to check that out. Stay with us because we'll have some reaction to that Derby game next. Uh, of course, the inevitable draw away against Manchester United because it's the cup competition after all. So who else were we going to get despite the million other teams left in the part? And then we'll have Sean Custis, head of sport and huge Newcastle fan. Sorry, head of sport at the Sun newspaper and huge Newcastle fan coming on to chat ahead of that game at the weekend. Tell us how on earth they're going to cope without Bruno Guimaraes, who got sent off for a criminally assault-worthy challenge on Southampton <laughs> player last night. That's uh, on Saturday. So we've got all that coming up. Saw some final thoughts from me and Jonesy, as usual. All of that next. So there we have it. Jonesy, West Ham United. Two players signed in the transfer window. Uh, as Russ mentioned there, um, West Ham may not have done any deals, but we have that little partnership with West Ham Networks. That was uh, Russ from that channel over there. So uh, I don't know his surname, James. All I know him as is DJ Russie B. It's Budden, that's what his Twitter. Is it Budden? Russ Budden? Yeah. 
I preferred calling him DJ Rossi B, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the only place I know him from. So, uh, yeah, a little bit of a partnership struck up with him. So, we'll have some of those guys on sporadically uh, throughout the rest of the season. Probably exciting show coming up. Uh, just left with me and Jonesy from now on in, though. Uh, Jonesy, Derby, Monday night. I was at the game. It was really good. I really enjoyed it. It was It's a proper football stadium. It was a really good atmosphere. The 4,800 West Ham fans in the corner were in fine voice. The performance was really good, I thought. Uh, there was there was some empty seats um, at one of the ends. The Derby I noticed that. End. Yeah, right. So I, I had a chat with a, with a Derby fan. I said, what's all that about? He said, oh. Oh, fuck, you know, times are hard. Folk are just trying to save their money. Rather see us win and going to come Saturday instead. And I was like, all right, fair enough. He's like, yeah, got Morecambe at home. I was like, you've got Morecambe at home and you are trying to tell me people would rather go and watch Morecambe at home. This was five minutes after he'd been telling me how it's not great in League One because teams just come here and try and sit behind the ball and are desperate for a nil-nil every week. So, so, you know, not always that exciting, which is sort of the same thing every week. We often find a way through, but it's not super glamorous. And then he's like five minutes later going, yeah, nah, but yeah, fans would rather come watch us play Morecambe at home. So, right, so Morecambe will bring about 100 fans in the corner. They'll sit behind the ball the whole time. And you're telling me Derby fans would prefer to come and see that. Tickets for 20 quid. So, you know, again, times are hard at the moment. I get that. And the cup games are on top of your season ticket at Derby as well, as are at most clubs. And so I do appreciate that times are a bit tough. And then I think maybe it's just sort of a bit of this inflated sense of West Ham's importance. Uh, he was like, well, it's not exactly a glamour tie, is it? And I was like, all right, mate. Yeah, yeah fair enough, I suppose. Mikel Antonio. <laughs> Mikhail Antonio up front, up front, and uh, yeah, Flynn Downs and Tommy Suchek in the middle. Yeah, perhaps it's not quite as uh, quite as glamorous as I thought, but I really enjoyed it, mate. I really enjoyed it. It was nice to go back there. The last time I was at Pride Park was for that five 0 win when Nobby Solano scored a free kick. Um, it's a decent stadium. It's in good nick. The atmosphere was good. Um, nice, comfortable win for West Ham. But I don't think someone said to me, "Oh, Derby were rubbish." I don't think they were rubbish. I just thought we played really well. I thought we defended quite well, stopped them doing anything, were decisive on the ball, quick on the counter-attack, nice and smooth. I know they're League One opposition, but, you know, you beat what's in front of you. And as you said earlier, Jonesy, we've nosed plenty of those up in the past. Um, so, all in all, yeah, sort of a really positive feeling about it, other than the flipping annoying drawer, of course. Yeah, I think it's worth considering that, actually, yeah, they're in League One, but that's a championship team in League One. Yeah, it's a championship um, stadium, championship you crowd. Don't, yeah. You don't go 19 games unbeaten in that league unless you're better than that league. Better than um, everyone else, yeah. So, so, yeah, I mean, they are a championship club, but I thought they played quite well. They gave us a couple of early scares um, before we went one new up for Bowen's goal. Um, but it was just, yeah, it was just, a, a, I love a good cliche, but it was a real professional performance. Very professional. It was, yeah, it was. Um because, like, how many times have we gone to places like Derby and the Cup and really struggled to kid against them last season, crying out loud? So, mm. like, you could see it given the form that they were in and the form that we were in. You think, oh, yeah, this is only going to go one way. But thankfully, we, we, we played well. I thought some of the squad players that came in did all right. I thought everyone um, played well. I, thought, I couldn't yeah. fault anyone, really. Yeah. I thought, you know, 
Four Nows. Four Nows was man of the match. Recently. You got man of the match. The smile on his face when he got given the little man of the match trophy after. Cute, was isn't it? Beautiful. Um, like Bowen, like yeah, he's you know he looks like he's getting a bit of form now. Looks a lot more direct and a lot more dangerous in the final third. Um, I thought you know as much as the amount of stick he gets recently, I thought Antonio was was a real nuisance up against um, Davis at the back. Right, he was getting bullied a little bit, but he was giving giving as good as he got. Um, got the better of him a few times. So I thought it's just a really good performance. Quite happy with it. Um, Aguirre, yeah. Aguirre at the back looks wonderful. Mate, he's um, he's a weird player, isn't he? He's, he's like, a weird player, but he's very good. Like, oh, he's brilliant uh, we, with his we, feet. We haven't seen a lot of him, obviously, because he's been injured. But like, I, I was watching him, just going, "This guy, like, if we'd have had him earlier in the season, we'd like got we might have not lost some of those games that we lost quite narrowly." Um, but obviously, there's no point thinking about that because we did lose those games, and he wasn't yeah, injured. So it is what it is. But yeah. he's, it's good to have if him back. I was back, taller, yeah, we but needed him. Have more money. Yeah, yeah exactly. But yeah, um, but yeah no, it, was, it was good. It was good. But the highlight for me, and I tweeted about it, was the West Ham fans. Just class. You could hear it yeah. through the box. They, it was it was like the greatest hits from the, from the yeah. away end. Every single... They brought out Winston Reed's song. Obviously, yeah. Lou They even sung Moise's song. Yeah. Like, the big fat you think got a decent uh, that got a good one, showing. like, and I tweeted about it. So many people were like, Yeah, I've noticed that I've been singing along in my front room, mm. and I was as well because it was like, Oh, are they going to sing next? And I was trying to guess what they were going to sing next, and um, just phenomenal support. Um, go up, all that derby on a Monday night. I know you were there, obviously, I would have been there, um, mm. if it wasn't so awkward, but um, yeah, very, very impressed, and just. I had a real big smile on my face listening to it and watching it because I was like, this is wonderful. We're winning in the FA Cup. The fans are having the best time of their lives. And I can just forget about the fact that we're 16th in the Premier League or whatever it is for a little bit. And it was, it was lovely. It was nice. Yeah. No, mate, you're, you're absolutely right. And you know what I think that is? Is because I think you had a... Obviously, there's 5,000 there but or 4,800. And because I think you had a raft of fans who don't normally go. You know, yeah. and I'm low to get into the situation with the away tickets, really, because I know this sort of um, it's a pretty divisive uh, topic among among fans. Um, so I'm not going to go into it too much. But effectively, you get the same sort of on average attendance of around, a away allocation of around three thousand. The way the point system's been working for the last few years, you get the same sort of core of people that snap up all of the away tickets, right? Um, so, but for the other night, it went down to 10 points, which obviously opened the door for loads of people who wouldn't usually get to go to an away game to go. And I, I just got that, I really got that sense that it was sort of, it felt very much like a hark back to to the old days. You know, I mean, my uh, experiences of, of home and away West Ham, um, you know, which lasted a, a significant amount of times the last few years, it's been sort of more difficult to get to as many of the games, like religiously. Like I think the season we are in the championship when we went up with Vaz Tay's goal in the playoff final, I missed two away games that year. Um, the great escape season, obviously, I was a big part of that. And, and that was the era of, of home and away, week in, week out. And that's what it felt like the other night. It, it felt like a hark back to those sort of days and those sort of times. Uh, exactly what you said there with, with all those tunes, the Christian Daly one, 
got a big uh, a big show, which I, I love as well. Um, and all those tunes, that used to be par for the course. They'd get churned out. It would be the, the full repertoire at each and every game. Uh, that has changed, I think, in the last few years or so. And I think part of that is because you just sort of get the same sort of people week in, week out, or the same group of people, sorry, not sort. Um, you know, you just sort of get, get used to it a bit. It's a bit like you do with home games. It's, you, you don't get that sort of universal, um, what's it called, universal like party atmosphere at, every, at any home games, really, do you? Mm. Um, so, no, I, I got that sense. It was like a a big occasion it's, it's always great when there's four for you say 4,800 there it's a 30,000 seat a stadium and there was pro, I would say there was 20,000 Derby fans there was a significant amount of spare seats and you know so if you're making up 25% of the ground it's brilliant isn't it I remember going to Coventry away when we won uh 2-0 it's just around my 21st birthday that championship season we took 7,000 fans to the Rico Arena because <laughs> they'd never filled it themselves. It was like a home game. It was absolutely brilliant. So I, I got that sense the other night, and I totally echo what you say. I think the fans were absolutely brilliant. I think the players fed off it as well, uh, giving Moisey a, a big reception, which I liked. I liked that. I know that, you know there'd be lots of fans in the away end who had a different of opinion and perhaps think he, he, he should go, but they were giving the Moisey song and showing some support. And, yeah, all in all, it was a very positive experience, Jonesy. Um you tweeted that and did pretty well. I don't know if you'd consider that viral. I know you got more followers than I have, but it was a thousand plus liker, wasn't it? Yeah, a thousand likes, uh, 20, I don't know, 50 or 60 retweets, uh, viewed by a hundred thousand people, I think. So, yeah, not bad. So, big, big, big business on that front. Yeah. Um, you actually outdone me because I was, again, this is perhaps. Perhaps one of those things that disproves our theory that Twitter feeds off negativity. Um, because as soon as the draw was made, I piled straight in with some negativity uh, on the podcast account. Because uh, I just did, I, I was, you know, watching the draw with, with the people I was at the game with. And I was fuming. I was like, for God's sake, honestly, I said, that's like the fifth time in seven years that we've got. Man United away in a cup. And they were like, no, what are you talking about? You're over-exaggerating. Like, it's maybe two or three. I was like, I'm telling you, I think it's five, maybe in eight years, but it's about five times. No, 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 no. So anyway, obviously, I've got a beer in my bonnet then. You know, I'm a bit stubborn. Um, and, yes, yeah, so I've gone straight on to the Man United West Ham head-to-head website. And sure enough, that's the fifth time in seven years West Ham have been drawn away against Man United in either the FA or the League Cup. Um, this was obviously before the game, so I was a bit loath to be like, that's annoying because we hadn't even beaten Derby yet. Um, and I tweeted that, and that, that did okay off the off the podcast account. And, you know, lots of people engaging with it, same sort of thing as you were saying. And it, I don't know. I, you know, mate, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not a, you know, I roll my eyes at lots of football takes, uh, particularly on... On Twitter, not just among West Ham fans, but um, just general football cliches. You know how I react whenever you churn one out. Um, but honestly, it is boring. It is boring. I, I, I don't know. I'm not saying... That I, 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 but the odds, the odds of getting selected against Manchester United five times in seven years. Like the odds if they're random draws, if you actually did the maths, 
and I, I can't yeah. and I couldn't. He's like billions to one. Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. And especially I mean, away as well. Away every time. Not a single yeah. home draw in there. I know. Like, the only time we played them at home was when we'd be forced to replay last season. Yeah. Some part, and that, we were cheated there as well. Cheated there Pyatt scored and we got um, Bastian Schweinsteiger wiped out the yeah. goalkeeper before Martial scored. Yeah. I know. It must be what Shakhtar Donetsk fans feel like when they go into Champions League group stages because they always just draw Man City in the groups. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. So always, Man City plays Shakhtar every year in the Champions League without foul. And this kind of feels like we just play Man United in the FA Cup every season without yeah. foul. Yeah. It's like, might as well just go, just, might as well just make it a third round game. Just just get it out of the way early doors. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's so frustrating because... You look at it, you look at the draw we got. We beat Brentford. I didn't think we beat Brentford. Um, and then you see Derby in the fourth round. You think, all right, okay, this is good. And you see Liverpool go out. Um, and uh, Arsenal went out as well. And you think, right, okay, well, there's an opportunity. If we can avoid some of the big teams in the fifth round, if we get past Derby, then there's an opportunity. And he just said, oh, yeah, of course we're not going to do that. And then we don't. And it's just like, well, that's that dream over for another year then, isn't it? Because yeah. Um, Every year, as much as we said only a couple of weeks ago, I'll like, oh, scrap the FA Cup this year, can't bother with it. Got big, you know, we've got other things to worry about. Deep down, yeah. you go, Oh, wouldn't it oh now I'm like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's have it. Like, wouldn't, wouldn't it be good? Like, oh, yeah, I don't really care about this year, but if we do well in it, I'll be very happy about it. Mm. Um, and now it's like, Well, what's the point? What's, what's the point of playing in it? But, <laughs> especially, like, I think was it last year or the year before where we drew them. Uh, we beat them all, didn't we, in the League Cup last season, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it, it wasn't it, it wasn't out of the ordinary that we beat them because we were in good form. They were playing terribly. Wasn't it uh, the first time we'd beaten them at Old Trafford in 17 years? Something like that, yeah. But you felt like... quite okay, out of the ordinary. But, but if, we, if we're going to do it, if we're going to end that run, it's going to be like last season because we right. were playing well. Yeah, they yeah. were. It was like, you know, this is the year that we might finally end that run at Old Trafford. And we did. Mm. And then this year, like... They're flying at the moment in the league. Marcus Rashford's turned into Lionel Messi. Mm. And it's like, well, what's, like, we're just not going to go there and win. Like, we, if we're lucky, we'll force a replay. And they'll just come out to London, London Stadium and batter us 4 0 there instead. <laughs> and it's like, oh, what's the point? Like, yeah. As soon as it's, I didn't watch the draw, as soon as it came up on my phone, like, West Ham have tweeted, if we beat Derby, we'd play Man United away in the Old Trafford. I just threw my phone down. I was like, of course we are. Of course yeah. we are. <laughs> she's like, what's up? And I was like, I'm not going to bore you with it because I'm bored of yeah. it already. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah like, oh, just bring on Old Trafford. Can't yeah. wait. I oh, mean, to be fair, I am quite excited. I'm going to definitely be going up to that one. Um, but Dan on Twitter replied, it was pretty funny. I haven't got your surname here, Dan. So uh, sorry, I can't name check you properly. He just said, should just double it up as the Betway Cup each year to save on a preseason friendly. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Yeah, it literally is. It literally is true. Lots of people like getting in the comments, um, saying it's rigged. Kay's just like it's saying it has to be a fix. Um, CB and Cray saying the same thing. Wesley the Hammer, the the, the draw is fixed. Da da da. Um, but Mush, uh, yeah, account Mush made a good point, just saying it's nice of them to draw before the game. It totally changes the dressing room attitude. I, I don't think that's the same. Um, I don't think it's quite as straightforward as that because the, the, the lads come out and put in a really professional for, performance 
Uh, yeah, David, David Bowe. We don't need a ball with a number on. As soon as Man United comes out of home, just announce the away team as West Ham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it made me laugh. The comment about it changes the dressing room atmosphere before the game. I, I, I half I would normally agree with that because surely if you're a player you're going to a game against Derby in the fourth round, you know it's an opportunity to get in the fifth round. You don't know who you're going to play, so you, you've got the incentive to go out there and just make sure you're in the pot. If you go out there and you realise that yeah, if you win today, you've got Man United away. Um, but Bowen, after the game, said he didn't he didn't know that we'd drawn United until we came off. He got subbed off. And Declan Ross told him on the bench that we'd drawn United away. So he played most of the game and scored a goal without even knowing. Who's that, um, mate? Sorry? Jared Bowen. Right. He'd admit he didn't know until he came come off the pitch. So oh, right. maybe that was the case for a lot of the players and it was just the bench players that knew. Maybe the starting right. eleven were protected from it a little bit. Maybe I don't know, but um, but yeah, normally I would agree with that just because, yeah, I mean, surely it gets in your head a little bit, annoy you a little bit, would it? But, and on the flip side, if you, if you find that you're playing Luton or something, well, Luton like, or Grimsby are in there, yeah, so, like, oh, well, look, well, then the players are gonna have to go up, we've got to win this now, yeah, because we've got we've got chance to get to the sixth round here, um, the finals, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, so I don't know, but I, I, I don't agree with the whole it's fixed thing. Um, it's no. rigged because well, what an odd thing to How? fix every year, isn't it? Like it's a bit, just an odd thing to do. Uh, we got to fix yeah. the FA Cup draw. Well, we, well, how are we going to do it? We'll just make sure Man United and West Ham play each other at Old Trafford every single season. So right. like, surely you'd go right. Well, Man United have got to play any non-league team that are in it every single round or something like that. I mean, I would say they no, but they've got to make it look legit, haven't they? Yeah, I suppose. But then Tottenham play a non-league team every single season. I don't know if you noticed that they played like Marine like three oh, years mate. ago. Yeah. Um, who, like, who did they get? Who did they get? I don't know who they got, but um, it's, it's always like, they always get a really easy draw every yeah, round. Yeah, and they did again. Um, honestly, though, I'm gonna right. So people talking about look, I'm I'm saying I, it's not fixed, right? I'm not getting involved in that. But um, Manchester United domestic cup ties since the return of fans, right after COVID. Uh, they've played West Ham, Aston Villa, Middlesbrough, Aston Villa again, Burnley, Everton, Charlton, Nottingham Forest, Reading, Nottingham Forest again, and West Ham again, right? Um, and out of those, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, eleven fixtures, right? So Manchester United domestic cup ties since the return of fans. That's eleven fixtures. One of them was away. One one of those games was away. So, I can. Mm. What all I'm saying is, or again, and if you think of the mathematical odds of that happening, like that's like if you toss a coin eleven times, the odds of it being tails just once, yeah, are pretty pretty low, aren't they? Yeah, um, yeah, it is weird. It's just infuriating, absolutely infuriating. But anyway, um, I'm really looking forward to it, to be honest. Like, I, it is annoying, but I do like Old Trafford. It's probably my favourite stadium, um, obviously, other than the uh, the London Stadium, of course. Um, <laughs> no, but I mean, I love going there. It's, you know, you can just feel the history and the character and the, everything that's gone before oozing out of it when, whenever you go. It's always a big, big atmosphere. And, uh, yeah, I, I do enjoy going there. So, uh, I am looking forward to it. Oh. I always fancy us against Man United. I don't know. I know we like winning away is a different kettle of fish, but I was at, up there for that Payette game. 
uh, which was brilliant. So uh, you never know, James, you never know. But look, uh, have you got anything else to add FA Cup wise or generally? Uh, we'll do some final thoughts in a bit, but on Derby and the draw, I think we've covered most of it, do you? Yeah, nothing really more to add other than, um, yeah, I suppose we're going to get a wish that, yeah, forget the FA Cup this year. Uh, <laughs> well, should we uh, see how we get on at United first? Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, and then we'll decide whether we uh, whether we forget it or not. Um, I'm just trying to get up there, Josie, uh, who Tottenham got, but it's not showing on the Google uh, Google fixtures as of yet, which is a little bit annoying. Oh, I think they've got one of the like either or teams, haven't they? Um, so they're the, whoever they've got. It wasn't the Sheffield United Wrexham one, was it? Uh, no, it was actually. Yeah, yeah, and it's away, it? so they've got they might be going to Wrexham away. Um, That'd be pretty good, wouldn't it? I'm it would be, but again, absolutely brilliant. Potential non-league draw for Tottenham. They love a non-league team. Yeah, true. I mean, like, we never get a non-league team well, apart from Kidderminster last year. We almost fluffed that, didn't we? Sheffield United are basically non-league as well, aren't they? Ooh, we've won those again. Look, look, look at the other games. Look at the other teams as well, though. I'm just looking in. I don't really want him, mate. It's horrible, isn't like, it? Like Leicester, they're, they're open to Blackburn or Birmingham. Oh, it's not too easy. We lost to Blackburn earlier this season. Yeah, Blackburn. yeah. Blackburn and Oakley's um, mate. Yeah, you've got Fulham or Sunderland v Leeds. Um, Man City away to Bristol City. Uh, I mean, it's not many big teams left, in it, to be fair. Southampton at home to Luton or Grimsby. That's what Grimsby. makes it more annoying, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like, yes. Stoke v Brighton. Like, just a very straightforward draw. Sheffield Wednesday or Fleetwood Town why couldn't we got that yeah mind you Sheffield Wednesday haven't lost for like 23 games or something it's like no 21 games it is the only defeat technical defeat they've had uh, was in the League Cup to Southampton but they lost on penalties after a draw in normal time I didn't actually realise that doesn't count as a defeat. So they're technically no. undefeated in 21 games which is a club record Darren Moore doing a sterling job uh, right, Jonesy, that's enough of the FA Cup because I think we're just bitter about it. But um, who knows? You know what? It might be it might be the, the turning point. We could still do a cup double this year, mate. We could still win the FA Cup and the Europa Conference League. So what a season that would turn I'm, out to I'm, be. I'm clipping that. I'm putting that on Twitter. So that, Yeah, do it. Yeah. By all means, I'm full of confidence. Old Trafford, uh, <laughs> here we come. I believe... Jonesy, the game, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's on the 1st of March. So it is a midweeker, so it's going to be another one. Um, difficult for fans to get up. But yeah, Wednesday the 1st of March, quarter to eight kickoff at Old Trafford. Why can't we do it? Come on, Stan. Uh, anyway, stay with us because we'll look ahead to Saturday's game uh, against Newcastle with Sean Custis, head of sport at the Sun. And formerly of Sunday Supplement on your TV, does the press box on Monday nights on TalkSport to a genuine juggernaut of sports journalism. He was delighted with Newcastle's progression to the Carabao Cup final at Wembley after their victory over Southampton last night. West Ham go to St James's Park Saturday night at half past five in the Premier League. They'll be without Bruno Guimaraes. Uh, so we'll talk to Sean on all things Magpies next. So I'm delighted to say joining us for the very first time on the We Are West Ham podcast to look ahead to this Saturday's game at St. James's Park. Saturday night It's the evening game. 
5.30 up at St. James's is Sean Custis, head of sport at The Sun. You'll hear him on the press box on Talk Sport some Monday nights, formerly of Sunday Supplement on Sky. You know him from all over the place and a huge Magpies fan. Of course, Sean, brilliant to have you on the show. First thing is first, of course, Newcastle through to their first major final since 1999. There's a little bit of confusion about when their last major trophy win was because mm. I, for one, had never heard of the Fairs Cup until a few weeks ago uh yes or no is that a major trophy because that i believe you won in 1969 but your last trophy that you won that anyone's ever heard of certainly was my age was 1955 1955 fa cup that's correct won the fa cup three times in the 50s last time won the league's 1927 and the last trophy is the intercities fair cup in 1969 which at the time you would consider a major trophy, Will. It was the forerunner to the UEFA Cup. But UEFA have since tried to discredit it because mm. in order to qualify, it was one city, one club. And we apparently qualified because they couldn't have Liverpool and Everton in it. So we got the next place in order right. to qualify for it, then won it. And they now say it doesn't really count as a proper European trophy, although we don't listen to that. We won the European <laughs> trophy. We won the UEFA Cup. And um, it's uh, images for everybody in the northeast. Those images of Bob Monker lifting that trophy, uh, who's the captain of Newcastle, are still in everybody's brain. Um, uh, you see them all around uh, town. You'll see them in St James's Park. You'll even see Bob Monker around, who still looks as fit as he did there when he was the when he was the captain. Night sixty nine. It was a major. It was a huge thing for us, but I was too young to to remember it. I know the history of Beatonwich Pestosa. Uh, yeah. And uh, it's a, yeah, as I say, brilliant time. I also know that I also have bitter memories of the 74 Cup final defeat by Liverpool, the 76 League Cup final defeat by Man City, and the losses to Arsenal and Man United in 88, in 98, 99 in the FA Cup. <laughs> absolutely nothing. Yeah, even, well, you think, lot, yeah. even you lot have won a trophy since we won a trophy. <laughs> true, true story. So how old do you have to be to have heard of the Fairs Cup? Because I'm 31. James, who I do the podcast with, is 36, I believe. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's off his radar. Well, but that's the point, that? isn't it? Every Newcastle fan has heard of the Fairs Cup because they know it's the last thing that we ever won. So even if you're 10 yeah, years old or 15 years old, your father and your... I mean, my grandfather used to tell us about the FA Cup wins and even the league title win, actually. But the FA Cup wins particularly because, oh, we always won the FA Cup, he used to say to me. And I'm like, well, it's 1972 now, Grandad, and we haven't won it since 1955. So when's that going to happen? And then when we got to the final, of course, in 74, the FA Cup final, he said, there you are, told you. And then you got absolutely stuffed. Um, <laughs> So, all right, compare it then, because West Ham fans will hark back to the Intertoto Cup win of the late 90s. Oh, uh, we won that met. too. Yeah, we that, well, that too. was four winners you had of four that. Four winners, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't knock it, we'll take anything. Yeah, so would you say, and we're obviously still in the knockout stages of the Conference League this season. Um, the Inter, I feel like I know what you're going to say, but the Intercity Fairs Cup, um, mm. as it was then called, more of an achievement to win oh, massively than different. Massively the different. conference and into Toto, but better, I'm asking. Um, oh, it's bigger than the Conference League. I would say that, yeah, no, but at <laughs> yeah, the time, would, you've yeah. got to remember, you've got to remember at that time, there would be only one team qualifying for the European Cup in those days and only 
uh, I'm not sure how many teams would qualify for the Inter Cities First Cup, but the rule was definitely one one city, mm-hmm. one club. I can't remember how many teams qualified for it. I do remember Newcastle and Southampton playing against each other in 1970 in that competition. There was some big matches against Glasgow Rangers, obviously a different um, in a different country, um, but it was it was huge. It was a big big occasion. And it, Nobody would knock it and say this is an insignificant little trophy. That was a big trophy, a big thing to win. Um, but it's time we got those black and white images off the main stage, if you like, and put some colour ones in there. So uh, hopefully that will happen against, I presume, Manchester United. Manchester United, you think, yeah, recording this just before Manchester United's second leg You're not against really Forest, expecting but... them to concede three, are you? Or four? <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't have thought so, would you? Um, so, I mean, obviously, it's you, you put the picture, paint the picture really well there of what a big deal it is. You saw the scenes outside St James's last night, but what what most people, a lot of the talk around Newcastle at the moment is, of course, the huge Saudi Arabian uh, shaped or coloured asterisk that's uh, going to be next to to that of the team for a while. That there is a sense, you know, when you've got Sh- Sean Longstaff and Dan Byrne, hardly the most glamorous of Premier League players coming out to do the post-match interviews after you've reached your first major final since 1999. It's hardly, you know, it's hard to suggest that it's all just money because West Ham fans would have been up in arms if we'd signed either of those two players. (laughs) Eddie Howe seems to have done a sterling job. Is it going to be, you sort of sense this will be the the first of many and and how does that, that asterisk that I mentioned, the Saudi Arabian effect, um, sort of how much of a factor is that at the moment um, sort of in Newcastle's success? Well, if you're a journalist worth your salt, you're going to be conflicted, aren't you, by what goes on in Saudi Arabia. Um, it doesn't always sit easy. Um, the problem is when you've never won anything and craved success and you're just begging for something on the football field and the Mike Ashley era, which you went through, uh, which was a pretty miserable uh, time, uh, that this is great fun to watch. Um, but it's still hard sometimes to separate everything off. And most Newcastle fans would would say that, that it's not always easy to um, separate the two. But right now, I'm afraid to get to a League Cup final is just everything else is, is I have to say, is probably cast aside. Um, I've got so many mates and work colleagues all looking for tickets, saying, how can we get them? It's going to be, I mean, I, I think there's something like 45,000 season ticket holders. They're not all going to be accommodated. There ah, will be, there will be, I'm pretty sure, tens of thousands of Newcastle fans in London for that weekend who don't have tickets in Trafalgar mm. Square or whatever. This is the this is the biggest occasion, cup occasion for, well, as you say, 24 years. But also... Most Newcastle fans will tell you, and maybe West Ham fans would think similar to this, they would rather win a trophy than qualify for the Champions League. I honestly do not care about qualifying for the Champions League. The only thing I'm bothered about is winning a trophy. And it's only the League Cup. I mean, if you're a Man City fan or a Man City player, you win the League Cup, you stick it on the team bus, you take it back, you probably plonk it on the reception desk at the training ground and go home and say, oh yeah, we won it. And tomorrow's another day. This is completely different for Newcastle United supporters. And I know we always go on about, oh, we're great. We're a big club. You know, we've got the best supporters and all of that. 
but you will see what that is like when yeah. when it comes to the final. It'll be like nothing you've ever seen. Uh, honestly, it, it'll be a huge, and I'm sure I get loads of West Ham fans going, "Oh, get lost, Geordies." <laughs> they're always they're always like that, and people do find us a bit annoying. Uh, in that regard. Uh, yeah, you it, do. You, you know, you do have that. Um, I, I think I think most people. Well, certainly, I'm talking for me and most people. I find I you do definitely have the we're a cut above the rest of you vibe a bit like but you carry it far better than a club like or than a fan base like Leeds for example I think when the, <laughs> do you know what I mean when the Geordies do it I think maybe it's the accent and it's just a bit it's, it's just a more affable people I think um but we can only when, be a cut above as fans because we've got nothing yeah, else yeah. to boast about we've got nothing else yeah. to boast about so the only trophy we can have is oh we're the best fans so there but do, don't you think as well that that I don't know if this is I'm being disparaging uh, inadvertently, but whereby you sense that for fans of some clubs, the football team is is a far more important and prevalent part of their lives day to day, week to week, than it is for fans of other clubs. You don't really get too many Fulham fans, do you? <laughs> you know, going, oh God, I'm so desperate for us to win on Saturday because <laughs> my whole week's ruined and I've no, just loved the club for such a long time. It's a way of life for yeah. the, the city. It's it's The ground is like the cathedral on the hill. It's in the middle of the city. You see it. Uh, you know, wherever you are in the city, you can see that ground. You can see the top of the ground, even as you approach the city from two miles out. You can you can see the ground, and it is the focal point of the city. And of course, you've got to remember as well, where <clears throat> it's only one club city. I mean, even for West Ham fans, you have a lot of clubs around, so you 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 know you probably only have to go three miles down the road before somebody supports some other club or two miles people down aren't the road. tripping over themselves to go and watch late orient these days though to be fair <laughs> <laughs> but you know you, you you're really you're really close to lots of other clubs so i understand that for us you know you can go 60 miles north of newcastle and have legitimate newcastle fans right up to the scottish border up to berwick yeah, yeah. you could call them legitimate newcastle fans because there's nothing in between yeah i mean with West Ham, I think you'd be slightly suspicious, possibly, of somebody who comes beyond the M25 going north saying they're a West Ham fan. Yeah, yeah. anyone from Hertfordshire, you always give them a bit oh, of a yeah, grilling yeah. about where Very their dad grew up. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think the... Uh, it, and it is not, I would say, I would say certainly most just normal match-going fans, neutrals, wanted success for the Newcastle fans and empathise with their situation under Mike Ashley. And, and if you're just a say a ticket buying fan you have no say over who buys your club so it's sort of, I always find it quite uh, difficult to when people are sort of saying ah oh, you should be boycotting it's like well if it's the one most important thing you got in your life you didn't know it's not that like they voted the Saudis in is it I always find that a little bit uh, galling but the the Eddie Howe effect he was asked by Francis Benali of all people after the game last night um, for his he, he was asked whether he would choose the uh, top four qualification or mm. or the cup, he gave the the answer you'd expect and said he can't choose between the two, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It sounds like most Newcastle fans would take the trophy this season yeah. anyway. Particularly, <clears throat> you feel that success will well, come in the league. On the back of that, How said, "Whatever we can achieve, we will try and achieve." What would you make of of the impact he's had uh, on on the side at the moment? And how much do you think is him, and how much is just a boost from the, the getting rid of Ashley? Oh. Oh no, quite a, quite a lot has 
as him. He he does he does get it. Uh, I, I think it took a little bit hammering into him that a trophy was the most important thing. Obviously, in his mind, I think he would probably prefer to qualify for the Champions League. But I do feel the first trophy, and uh, he's never won one, has he? So the, the first trophy to him would be a big thing. Look, it was a massive thing for Mourinho when he came into Chelsea. First trophy was a League Cup. Guardiola, first trophy, a League Cup. It sets you on the way. It sets a, a mark to say this is mm. what we're about. We're about winning trophies. I think Eddie Howe now gets that. He's uh, gone along in quite an understated way, I think, which is Eddie's Eddie's way, really. Um, you know, I mean, I can think of a few managers who, if we'd got to the cup final, would be doing laps of the pitch and punching the air and doing the old Jurgen Klopp, raising the fist <laughs> to the skies and all of that with all the players and and. That. And he didn't do that. And I, I, part of me wanted to go, come on, Eddie, we're in a final. Yeah. But he hasn't lived through 50-odd years of not winning a trophy. He, I, no matter who, he would have to have been a Geordie to truly understand what it feels like to win zip and never <laughs> see the team win anything. Uh, I, I mean, he's been I, at Bournemouth a long time. <laughs> yeah. But I'll forgive him for the fact he doesn't, he doesn't, he can't necessarily understand that if he doesn't come from the area, but I think he'll realise when he comes to that cup final, just as I say, what it means, uh, how many people will be out in the city, how many people will be out in London, what, what the build-up will be like. The build-up will be like, again, for a League Cup final, will be ridiculous up there. Ridiculous. It'll be wall-to-wall on the local television, the papers will be full of pull-outs and remembering the, some of the bad old days of, of failures to win cups and that and we'll we're really it's really exciting and and how how many people get excited really about the league cup i dare say if west ham were in it i dare yeah, say you'd we, get very excited yeah about it's everyone outside cup. the top six isn't it i think mind you i think man united might be quite excited about the possibility of winning it this time because it would set a mark for ten Hag for what he's going to do and they haven't won anything for a long time so as a final it's a really it's a juicy affair isn't it really hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's it's one of those classic ones in football, isn't it? Anyone below the the sort of top four, I think Tottenham fans would snap your arm off for it because it mm. get, get rid of that Spursy tag. But everyone's just really quick to be disparaging of it when it's one of their rivals who's winning it. Um, yeah. uh, but then as soon as, particularly for anyone below the bottom six, fans of those clubs would absolutely love to win it. Uh, Sean, just before we move on then uh, to the game at the weekend, I know it's very difficult for you and uh, your fellow Geordies to actually get excited about the fact that uh, you've got a Premier League game this weekend. Um, just would want to have a quick chat about some of the players. We mentioned Dan Byrne and Sean Longstaff there. And I still can't help but giggle a little bit that they're part of a uh, what looks like an yeah. extremely successful team. But the Joe Linton, I'll talk about Eddie Howe there. Bruno Guimaraes, who's obviously going to miss the game at West Ham yeah. after his Red card. I'm surprised he's not being taken to court for GBH, such was the uh, intense, yeah. horrific nature of the challenge. But um, Grimaro's has obviously been outstanding since he come in. Joe Linton, what happened there? I know he's got in trouble the other day off the pitch for the uh, drink driving yeah. stuff. But as far as his on-field exploits go, he, he looked like a £40 million Roberto Soldado-esque flop. And all of a oh, sudden... Oh, without doubt. I mean, fans, fans couldn't wait to get him out of the club when he... I mean, six months in, absolute disaster. Signed as a striker, couldn't hit a barn door. It was, it became comical. Uh, I think he mm. scored two goals in his first eighty games or something. It, it became a real joke, and everybody just couldn't believe it. And 
Eddie Howe, this this is where you salute great coaching, isn't it? Eddie Howe came in, recognised that he couldn't hit a barn door and made him a <laughs> midfield player and used his strength in midfield to, to give us a bit of extra edge. Uh, when he first... I remember seeing a game against Everton over the Christmas time, maybe two years ago, maybe. Um, maybe we were COVID then. Uh, but he went down the wing and he beat a couple of players and it was right at the time when he was getting really pilloried. And he was it, it was really good. And I thought, actually, he does have a little bit of something. And just gradually, I think there was a confidence thing with him as well. He really, mm. I mean, every time he was in the box, you know, it got to the point where he wouldn't dare shoot, even if he was one-on-one with a keeper, he'd look for somebody <laughs> to pass it to. Uh, and, you know, Eddie Howe's given him great confidence he sort of had to work with him in some ways because he had a long contract he, he was our record signing at the time yeah 40 million and he's he's given him a belief in himself which he didn't seem to have before uh that that he's his brilliance if you like is really down to the, the coach it's all on how that one Mm, yeah, no, mad respect for him for that. Uh, up and down the country, I think, because, yeah, he was that figure of fun, wasn't he? That mm. It looked like his time was limited. Right, let's uh, let's move on then before we let you go, Sean. We have got a game in the Premier League at the weekend. I don't think many West Ham fans are particularly uh, enthused or confident about the idea of going all the way out the other end of the country against uh, one of the most informed, fizzing teams in the country. The only thing we're clinging on to, I think, is that red card to Guimaraes, mm. which means he'll miss the game. And the fact that you do tend to love a home draw this season. Uh, it seems like yeah. the, the, the well, we're not very good at scoring is... goals. We're not very no. good at scoring goals. Well, that's 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 the truth of the matter. We've, we, for the, I mean, we've had a consistent run. I mean, getting two against um, Southampton was, was, was a bit out of the ordinary. And it wasn't done by a striker. So Wilson's been injured and has been feeling his way back. Um and it, it, it's been a little bit of a struggle for him since coming back from the from the World Cup. Alexander Isaac has had well-documented uh, injury problems and since he came back, still looking a little bit on the fragile side. We wouldn't hang our hats on the strikers at the moment. So the, you feel that's our Achilles heel. But of course, defensively, we're probably the best, the best in the Premier League. So, and traditionally... Correct me if I'm wrong. Newcastle West Ham games aren't usually the ones you put in your top ten video classics of all time. They're usually gritty affairs. They usually we always used to go West Ham. Mm. Are you? I remember when you were a kid. Are you really? Should we go? Yeah, all right, we'll go. But I'm not expecting much of a game. <laughs> I mean, really, it, it it's been like that for donkey's years. Um, so I, I'm not really expecting any great fireworks this weekend either. <laughs> I mean, no. you know, 1-0 to us, you might get a 0-0 draw, it might be 1-1. Uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, we do, I mean, we... we I, I can there's remember... There's no antipathy. There's no antipathy towards West Ham on Newcastle fans' part. I was just no. thinking about this earlier, that there's quite a lot of players who have played for both clubs. Um, it, mm. it, you can start here at Noble and Carroll and you can go back to your Brian Pop Robsons and people like that. And there's always been a little affinity there between... Uh, between the two sides, I don't think we. I don't think, I don't think it's a, a sort of grudge match or anything like that. There was something, and you might remember. I, in oh, fact, yeah. Sean, it might have been you that told me the story it was about the one ball, game. Yeah. yeah. After that, um, what was that for anyone who doesn't know? I think it, I think it was in the late seventies, but there was a, a firebomb launched from 
the Newcastle end into the into the away end of West Ham fans. It wasn't the away end, it was in Paddock on the on the side of the pitch. I was at the game. I can almost mm. still see it in the air. And that was that was a real low point of fan really out of control. Um yeah. and particularly because I didn't feel as I say, I didn't feel there was great animosity towards West Ham. As since since then, a few years on, there was a bit that, yes, obviously West Ham fans were very aggrieved about that. But I think in the last sort of few years, I think it's been relatively yeah, relatively friendly. Good obviously, nature. you had that. I mean, if we're really going down this route, will we? Um, you know, ICF and up and down on the trains, there was a bit of um, there was yeah. a bit of trouble here and there. Um, but actually, in the grounds, I always sensed it was always quite okay apart from that particular instant yeah since i've been going in the 90s we've never liked that and it's funny you mentioned about the quality of the games the the only one i can remember as a standout i think was upton park and michael owen bagged at least two maybe a hat trick i think you had done us about four nil or something um it was when you but other than that i can't really remember any standout mm. newcastle game so sean it's been absolutely brilliant having you join us on the podcast for the first time thanks so much for giving us your time just give us a quick score prediction saturday night evening uh, uh st james's park in the premier league newcastle v west Ham. one nil to us there you go yeah was, don't I'm waste your time going head. up there one nil to us <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch for one all because, but I think that's sort of the best that any West Ham fans are hoping. Certainly can't see us coming away with all three. Just quickly, Sean, uh, thoughts on on David Moyes as a, a you know juggernaut of the sports journalism game? What are your thoughts on David Moyes and and his future at West Ham? I mean, I'm I'm a big David Moyes fan. I've had some clashes with him in the past. I like the fact he'll take you on and debate things from this is journalists' point of view. I, I quite like that, I, I see his enthusiasm, I see his passion, his belief in what he does. He's, he's a proper passionate person about the job he does. He felt very aggrieved when he lost the West Ham job the first time round. I think you would all agree that he did a cracking job in the um, early days, second time round, and first time around, to be honest. And maybe you've just been going through a bit of a blip, and maybe the the future is bright again. But I I don't see the I don't get any bandwagon, why there would be any bandwagon to get him out of the job. I, I feel he's well suited to West Ham and that he can produce a decent teams and he gave you a great season last season, didn't he? Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. I think it just got to that stage where everyone's like, oh, it's gone stale you're starting to lose yeah. people. Maybe a change needs making. But I think in the last four games, we've won three of them. Uh, yeah. conceded once, scored four through to the next round of the cup. So not quite as bleak as it was maybe four weeks ago. But look, uh, Sean Custis here, head of sport at the Sun. Sean, thanks so much for giving us your time, Sean, for the first time. Stay with us because you'll have some final thoughts from me and Jonesy next. Well, there we have it, Jonesy. Another show, another week done. Uh, a positive week. I feel really good. I'm sort of having, I've had a good few days, uh, including the trip up to Derby. That was really enjoyable. Thanks very much uh, to the guys at Betway uh, for sorting that out for us up there. That was a really enjoyable evening all in. Um, yeah. So positive vibes from me. I know the transfer window wasn't what everyone perhaps would have would have wanted. I think there was one a bit more. But we've sort of stayed a bit pragmatic and realised that the squad isn't too bad. 
Have you got any modicum of positivity heading into the last half of the season, 1st of February? Surely, surely it can only get better from here. Um, yeah, I think once we let's get let's get February out of the way, um, and then we can start. I personally, I just think we get February out of the way and we can start looking looking forward a little bit and start thinking, okay, well, where can we pick the points up? Um, maybe Chelsea, we can nick something off this month, but I don't just get anything on Saturday. Um, Tottenham again, potential. There's always potential against Spurs, but get get this month out of the way, and I think then we can start looking forward. Obviously, we've got Conference League coming back in March as well. Um, FA Cup as well. We've already spoken about that. So I'm, I am positive that we will stay up, and at the end of the season, we'll be going, thank God for that. That's over. And um, we haven't got to worry about anything like Mate, just, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not I, sure, you know. I, um, I'm not sure. I, I mean, I'm, what I am looking forward to, I really can't wait, is the return of the Conference League. Can't yeah, wait for the, yeah, can't wait for the draw. See who we get. Yeah, um, I think they got the, the the last thirty-two this month, haven't they? Before the draw for for March's round. So, yeah. um, very keen to see who, who gets through on that and then who we get. I can't just can't wait for European football to come back because <clears throat> um, we've really grown to love that, haven't we? Over the last year. So, yeah. um, other than that, just I'm confident we'll stay up. How we do it, I don't really care as long as we do. Uh, and in the FA Cup, well, it depends on what happens at Old Trafford, doesn't it? So I'm positive. Mm. I'm trying to be anyway. Yeah, it feels like you're trying to be positive rather than are actually positive. Yeah. Yeah. There's part of me going, it's going to be okay. And there's another part of me going, but it's still so bad. And I, I don't really but know. It wasn't bad on Monday. It, it wasn't bad, bad on Monday, Monday. And it wasn't bad against, well, it, was, it wasn't great against Everton. We were just lucky that no. they were worse than us. Um, and yeah, three, we three wins well. in four games, yeah, three clean sheets as well. Happy days, and you but see one goal in four, yeah, yeah. So, it's positives, it's positives, but we're still very close to the relegation zone, which frustrates me. Had we it's beaten my... Wolves, then yeah. I think we could, I'd, I'd be like, yeah, fine, but we didn't, and that was the game we needed right. to win, yeah. But we can't be dwelling on that now, mate. And absolutely smashed Everton, smashed Derby, uh, probably going to smash Newcastle at least one all. This weekend, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, look, I'm full of I'm full of compliments, mate. I'm, I'm refusing to let us go out uh, on a negative. We could genuinely still win the FA Cup and the Conference League this season. Whether or not I believe we can do that or not is a different question. But uh, I'm not going to let realism uh, dampen my positive vibes. That I'm trying to sign off the podcast. We've spoke to Sean just then from the Sun, which was great stuff indeed. Uh, what are your thoughts then, Jonesy? Back to the Premier League. West Ham are 16th. Uh, a win would pull us, level, obviously depending uh, how other games go, but a win could put us 13th in the league with Nottingham Forest currently sitting in that position on 21 points. I know it's not that glamorous, but and the chances of a win are fairly slim before those matches this month, as you mentioned, Jonesy, at home to Chelsea, and then away to Tottenham in the Premier League. What are your thoughts ahead of Saturday, West Ham v Newcastle, St James's Park? Well, I said right at the beginning, didn't I, that I watched Newcastle against Southampton and just became genuinely anxious about Saturday. I was just like, oh God, like these guys look ridiculously good. Um, for Too good for a team of very average footballers. Um, so <laughs> I am I'm quite concerned. I think, I think, probably good enough to be able to go there and nick a point. They love a good draw, don't they, Newcastle? I think they've only lost one this season, but they've drawn like nine. Mm. Um, 
So if we can go there and nick a point, I'll be very, very happy. Mm. Um, a win would be incredible given the form of both both sides. Maybe the celebrations they would have had last night, having got to their first final this century. Um, interestingly, the final of a competition, they used to really take the mick out of Sunderland for getting to quite often because it was the Mickey Mouse Cup and now it's like the greatest thing in the world. Um <laughs> But it's a cup final for them. Maybe the celebrations might uh, might have fatigued them somewhat. Yeah, this one, yeah. and and they don't have Bruno Gimirash as well, which um, is a bonus because he's a very good player. Um, but they do have Sean Longstaff, which concerns me. Not <laughs> Sean Peak, Frank Lampard, Longstaff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but mate, it is funny, isn't it? You just look at them. It's like, what? Hang on a minute. Like their post-match interviews last night. Just got to their first final for however many years, like you said. I think 1999 was it? Maybe yeah, it's the f- first one this century. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you think, oh blimey! And then they've got like Sean Longstaff and Dan Byrne giving the post-match <laughs> interviews. And I'm like, Two local boys. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I know, but it, and it's just like, hang on. Have you got to a final with those two players in your team? Like, if West Ham had signed those two players any time over the past five years, fans would be in uproar, wouldn't they? Like yeah. Nick Pope. He's a good kid. That's the thing. They have got some class players as well, haven't they? Credit has got to go to Eddie Howe. Um, everyone knows about the whopping great uh, Saudi Arabian-shaped asterisk that they've got next to their name. But, um, you know, Eddie Howe has done a good job there. You you can't argue with that. Um, he's turned Joe Linton into an absolute player. I know he cost 40 million quid, uh, but he didn't look up to it at all. At first, Bruno Guimaraes is a class act, but then everyone just seems to be pulling in the right direction. Uh, but they have got some talented players and they're still going to be taking it seriously at the weekend, no doubt. Uh, Jonesy, I don't think it's all too too bleak. Have you got anything else to add before we say goodbye for another week? No. No, that's no? it. No, nothing that's, at all. No final that, thoughts that's, that's enough of That's enough of my forced positivity for yeah yeah i think everyone can see through it mate but hopefully uh for those who've come to the we are stand podcast looking for a little bit of uh a bit of lifting and a bit of positivity and optimism uh against all of the odds uh, they might have actually got it from me for a change which is uh yeah mind-blowing listen my stand through to the fifth round of the fa cup they've got manchester united away because that's what happens in the domestic cup competitions we're still in the Conference League, the knockout stages, that will kick off again in March. And we go to severely weakened Newcastle, be that through hangovers or through Bruno Guimaraes's absence. You can already see an Ashby goal written all over it after they signed him for West Ham. But this week has been a positive, enjoyable part of the We Are West Ham roller coaster ride as it's been this season we know there'll be some dips and some downs coming but let's enjoy the fun bits while they last thanks for listening everyone congrats again if you're listening you went to derby away on monday night great atmosphere performed by all and hopefully the positivity gleaned from the last few results can carry us on to the rest of the season faith in the moisire everyone we've got no choice now whether you like it or not up the hammers west Hammer massive we'll see you next week Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast.
Podcast Network.